<laughs> Praise the Lord. No, 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 no. Can I change it to though fuel be high instead of gas? Sure. It's your world. Sir. It's my world. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's good to have a supply. It's good to have a supply. Amen. Let's practice this this week. Let, let's, when we go to the fuel pump, let's, let's get out with a smile on our face before we even pump the fuel. Amen. Why? I'm rejoicing at the fact that if, if the price is higher, that means my supply is going to be greater this yes. week. Amen. That means God's going God's to have to show himself bigger this that's week. Right. And that's exciting. Yes. That's Amen. exciting. Amen. And Amen. so um, we don't get upset. I don't mean to re-preach the... <laughs> but, but we don't get upset at these things. I, I'm training myself, I'll just say it that way, to be excited. Amen. The bigger the need, the bigger the supply must That's come, right. must come, Amen. must come must if come. you stay in faith That's and right. look for that supply That's and right. expect that supply. Faith is simply believing what God said. Yes. And if he said he'd supply all of our need, then, then that's what he means to do. That's right. If we will expect it Amen. and believe it. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Amen. So, so let's get out of the car this week when we get to that fuel pump and just Whoa. be excited. No matter what the number is. Actually, I saw the number of what your truck, you fueled. My pickup. Yeah, your pickup. Yeah. I was like, oh, bless the Lord. Now we have a business that has many vehicles, yeah. big vehicles. Big. So don't even think about complaining about filling up your little car. Come on now. All right? So, so I say this for real because I see bigger numbers, and I've got to be excited about a bigger supply. Yes. I've yes. got yes. to be. Why? Because our business depends on that fuel. Amen. Right? Our business depends on it. So um, our success depends on my attitude. Yes. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, that's all for free. Would you turn with me this morning to Acts chapter 2? I do believe we have um, a specific direction this morning, which is always wonderful, <laughs> in my opinion. Glory to God. The last two weeks, we've been, we've been uh, ministering about guarding our heart, about being careful with, and of course, we understand this. We've talked about this um, Our heart, when the Bible talks about our heart, it's talking about our inner man, our spirit, um, where God dwells as a Christian, as a believer, where God dwells, that that part of us. The Bible tells us we are to guard that above all else. Remember Proverbs 4.23. We're to guard that above all else, our heart. And uh, last week we ministered on the subject of strife. Of, of quarreling, of bickering. And, but we could say, you could say there's so many different subjects the Bible touches that um, would cause trouble with your heart. Yes. And what do we mean by trouble? We talked about this last week. We talked about um, in the natural, your natural heart, um, if there's, 
there, there's arteries that flow into your heart. There's, there's art, excuse me, there's arteries that connect to your heart that, that they flow, their blood flows in, blood flows out of those different places. And we want a full flow to our natural heart, don't we? Full flow, no blockages. But through time, and depending on someone's diet and different things, uh, heredity, whatever you want to say, genetics, there, there's different ways that, that um, the, the arteries might get blocked with cholesterol and different things. And people can go for years with blockages in their arteries and not even realize they, you know, they might always feel tired. They might always feel, uh, you know, feel like they can't exercise like other people can. There's different signs, but they might not realize what it is. But really, it's the fact that the arteries are blocked. They're blocked, and the the flow has been restricted. And um, when that happens it causes problems in our physical body. There, there, there's, there's hindrances, there's, there's delays, there's problems, and eventually uh, that can lead to what they call a heart attack, right? Which can lead to death if, you, if it's not treated immediately, if it's not noticed and taken care of immediately. So um, just as that happens in the natural, spiritually speaking, the, our spirit man was designed for God to flow in, the life of God to flow in, and his life to flow out of our spirit. But there can be things that cause blockages, and that's what we talked about last week, one of them being strife. When we get into strife, when we uh, get into offense, when we uh, start carrying around unforgiveness, when we uh, stop treating people with love, Uh, any of those things can start to block the flow of God into your life. And uh, so this this morning, we are going to read some passages, and we're going to talk about a particular topic that's going to help us to keep full flow. Mm -hmm. It's going to help us. Okay, so it might not look like a fun subject, but trust me, it's a lifesaver. Wow. It's a lifesaver. All right? So Acts chapter 2, you all got there. I did not. Here we are. Now let me give you a, a quick little background about where we are with Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 comes after Acts chapter 1. Brilliant, right? <laughs> Told you you're going to learn something here. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus was telling his disciples right before he had, he had already died. He was resurrected from the dead. He actually came and spent a, uh, about 40 days uh, in and out with talking to the disciples, ministering to them after he was resurrected from the dead. He appeared to them several different times. And he instructed them and helped them to know some things that they needed to know about how to live on earth without Jesus right in front of them, right? Yes. So in Acts chapter 1, they see Jesus go up. He, he's, he's out of here. Mm-hmm. But he told them something before he left. He said, I want you guys to stay in Jerusalem, and I want you to wait there until you are, what, what the fancy word is, endued with power, or you are given power from on high. The Holy Spirit was going to come 
and indwell them and, 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 and live on them, praise God, and, and give them power, the power they needed to be the witness, yes. to preach the gospel. And so they do that. Amazing. The disciples actually listen. Now, when we say disciples, don't just think of the 12 guys that follow Jesus around. Think of disciple just means student, yep. a student, a follower, and these were followers of Jesus, followers of Christ. You could say that you yourself are a disciple, Amen. right? Amen. We're following Christ. And so there was actually 120 people in, in uh, Acts chapter 2 that were all gathered together, and they were getting together daily, the Bible says. They were waiting, just like Jesus told them to wait, they were waiting for this thing called power. Mm -hmm. And they got it yeah. in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, they got power. And um, it says, uh, just for reference sake, in, in verse 1, it says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. It filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We're, this is not our subject today, but it's a good subject. Yes. You understand that uh, this, this action, what happened right here is available for every believer today. We can all be filled with the, the Holy Spirit. We can be given power yes. from the Spirit on high. We can all actually do what these disciples did, speak in other tongues. Yes. Glory to God. You want this. Yes. You want this in your life? It's amazing. Glory to God. Yes. You want this in your life. But what this power did, what the, the baptism in the Spirit is what we would call it today. It doesn't say that there. It says they're filled with the Holy Spirit. What this did for the disciples was it gave them the ability to preach. Amen. Amen. And we see that in this chapter. They all get filled. The house is shaken. They are so filled, their, their bodies can hardly stand it. They're rocking and reeling. They're, they're swaying. The power of God is so strong on them. Some of them, their knees are buckling. Some of them, they're laughing uncontrollably. Some of them are just, you know, I don't, they probably didn't high-five back then, or they're doing whatever they, they did. They did because they were so full yeah. of God. Yeah. This is an awesome experience. Ah, <laughs> glory to God. And, and so they come out of the building in this state. And the noise that, that came when the Spirit came down and filled that building <laughs> was so loud that people from all over Jerusalem started gathering to see what was going on. And when these 120 people came out of that building, the people that were looking at them said, what in the world? Are these guys drunk? And the Bible says it was 9 a.m. But they were so full of God, they looked like drunk people. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. 
to, to, to see how many have noticed what drunk people do or if they've ever been to that state with alcohol. What do they do? They, they, they rock and reel a little bit, right? They might not walk straight. Why, why? When, the, when the policeman pulls somebody over and says, walk the straight line, there's a reason they, they do that, right? Why? Because a drunk person cannot do that. They, they, they're tipsy. They go topsy-turvy, right? That's the amount of God that was on these disciples when they came out. And so, here we are, we've got people saying, what's going on, are they drunk? It's nine in the morning. Who gets drunk at nine in the morning? And, uh, and Peter, one of the disciples, who was the one who denied Jesus three times before he got born again, mm -hmm. right before Jesus was crucified, he said, I don't know him, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. This Peter, who is now full of God, gets up in front of, I don't know how many people, but it says in this passage that 3,000 people that day were saved. So there had to be at least that many people, yeah. right, that were listening to Peter. He gets up and preaches about Jesus in front of all of these ministers and all of these Jewish leaders. Yeah. And as he's preaching about Jesus, he's like, this Jesus, who you guys crucified. Mind you, this is only 40 days after Jesus rose from the dead. They all knew Jesus. A lot of them had seen Jesus physically, mm -hmm. right? They lived in that town. This is Jerusalem. And the Bible we pick up here, praise God. In verse 37, verse 37 says, Now when they, talking about all these people that have gathered, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. A couple things we, wanna, we want to look at here. Number one is that in verse 37, it says, when they heard this gospel preached, they were cut to the heart. Um, other translations say they were stung. Wow. Have you ever been stung by a bee? Uh -huh. Let me ask you a question about being stung by a bee. Do you remember that? Uh, yes. Did you notice it 30 minutes later? Well, yes, but, I mean, when did you notice you were stung? Oh, no, immediately. 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 Listen, when the gospel is preached, whether from the pulpit or when you're, when you're reading the word, you're, you're, you're kind of preaching to yourself at that point, when you're reading that word, or when you're just in a conversation one-on-one -on -one and you can sense that God's 
in your midst and you're, all of a sudden scriptures are coming out and you're, you're ministering to somebody. At that moment in time, the Holy Spirit is able to offer to that person what we call repentance. And that's our subject today, repentance. Peter, it says they were cut or stung by this word. Uh, a stinging is very apparent when, when it's done by a bee. It, we notice it immediately. And, and these people, they heard the gospel. Something pricked their hearts. Something, and remember, we're not talking about a blood pump. We're talking about their, their inner man. Mm-hmm. Something on the inside said, you need this. Yes, <clears throat> yes. This is something you, ha- you should have. And they said, brothers, what are we supposed to do? And Peter said to them, repent. Now, that word repent, for most of us, is not a, not a fun word. We don't think of it as a great word. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of churches, they don't like to use that word anymore. Because we don't want to put any pressure on people or make them feel like they have to change. However, the actual word, the Greek word for repent, means to change. Literally means to change your mind. Mm -hmm. We could say this, to turn from the way you used to do things, the way you used to think, Change. 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 Repentance. Repenting. It's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, it should be fairly frequent in the Christian's life. Now we'll get into that. We're going to talk about that a little bit this morning. Peter said to them, repent. Change your mind about the way you've been thinking about the Messiah. Change your mind about the way you've been thinking about God. Change your mind and allow your heart to be affected by this gospel. Allow your heart to be changed, turned, transformed. Anyone who receives Christ is what? A new creature. Old things. Allow old things to pass away and let Jesus come into your heart and transform your heart. Yes. Repent. Amen. And then he goes on and say, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus. Why? That, that baptism, being baptized in water, is just an outward expression. It's showing the people around you, I have changed. I have accepted Christ. I'm a new creature. All that old is washed off. Yes. And that's what a water baptism really signifies, okay? Um, It's just an outward expression of what happened when you repented. Mm -hmm. When you changed. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about uh, the past couple weeks, we were talking about guarding our heart, wanting God's God's full flow in our life. Mm -hmm. When we talk about that, we have to understand that any time we go against the word of God, when we veer against what we know God wants us to do, mm-hmm. 
It's another word that people don't like to say, but that's called sin. Right. Amen. He who knows to do right and doesn't do it, does it not? It's sin, the Bible yes. says. And at that moment, when, listen, I can be in the grocery store. I, I can be dealing with someone in my everyday life. And if I say something that isn't in love, if I say something that's ungodly, mm-hmm. right? We were talking last week about strife. If I say things to try and pick a fight, immediately I'm stung. Like the, like the scripture says, immediately I know in my heart, in my spirit, I know I just said something wrong. Yes, yes, yes. Why? The spirit of God's that good to me. The Spirit of God's that good to me. Why? Because if I continue in that vein, saying something I shouldn't say, doing something I know I'm not supposed to do, if I continue down that road, I'm going to harden my heart. I'm going to harden my conscience. I'm going to harden my arteries, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to allow God to flow right. the way yeah. he needs to flow in my life. Amen. So, God's grace is so good to us that the Holy Spirit will, our our conscience, our inner man, will immediately sting. Something will cut. And this happens too when the gospel's preached from the pulpit. When the word is preached, there's going to be times that it stings. That's okay. That's actually why we come. So that we can change. So that we can see things that we were doing wrong. We might not have even known it was wrong. Why? Because we just always did it that way. Mm -hmm. But as we come, as we hear the word, as we read the word, there's going to be things revealed to us that we say, oh, oh, sting, ouch, that hurts. I was doing it wrong. Why does it hurt? Because all of a sudden you realize your actions were against God. And if your heart's right towards God, you want to please him more than you want to do anything else in your life. I hope this is okay this morning. And so immediately when we do something, say something, sometimes for me it's even think something. That's not God's way. It's not his flow. There's going to be an opportunity, an awesome opportunity, to get right, to change, to make it right. And that is called repenting. That that opportunity, let's say it that way, is called, there's an offer to you to change. Change. Turn with me to 1 John. 1 John, please. Now, I know this might be really, really, really basic for some people. But we need to hear this. You understand that you don't just repent one time when you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. But any time something comes between you and God, 
Anytime you veer off of what the word says you're to do and you decide to do something else, there is a gap, there is a chasm, there is a break, there is a wall being built between you and the plan of God. Mm -hmm. I can't afford any break in the flow of God in my life. I can't afford, personally, I cannot, uh, we, we spend too much of our life walking by faith, needing God to supply our needs, needing God to come through in all the situations in our life. I can't afford to put walls up between me and that power. Amen. Right? Right. And so anytime I'm pricked in the heart, I'm cut to the heart, I'm stung by the, by the spirit, uh, the spirit is announcing to me, wait a second, you want to you get back in full flow? Mm-hmm. Wait a second, there's a division about to occur. There's a barrier about to be built because of your strife, your whatever, that you just decided to go into all by yourself. Praise the Lord. Talking to me this morning, really. But God gave us an awesome way to get right back in fellowship with God. Mm -hmm. Right back in fellowship with him. Through this avenue called repentance. 1 John 1, 9, verse 5. It says this. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you. That God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. That's an amazing statement right there. We could preach for months on it. In him is no darkness at all. No sin, no works of the enemy, no flow of the world. In God, there's none of that. Mm -hmm. And do you believe that he lives in you? That light, that purity lives on the inside of you. And he wants to flow through you with no darkness at all. Mm-hmm. Wow. Amen. Verse 6, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie. Just tell it like it is, John. We lie and do not practice the truth. What does he mean, practice the truth? When, you, when I practice piano, which I don't, if I were to practice piano, what, I would sit down at the piano and I would play the piano. Mm-hmm. I would go through my scales. I would go through chords. And if I did that, I'd probably be better at piano. Yeah. Why? Because I've practiced. Amen. If you don't practice the truth, you're not going to be walking in the truth, even if you say you believe the truth. Yikes. Mm -hmm. If we walk in the light, verse 7, as he is in the light, that is our goal. That is our goal, to walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another. Wait a minute, I thought he was talking about our relationship with him. 
The more we walk in his light, the more we enjoy fellowship with one another. That's true. As the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. Very interesting. But let me just say this. I would not want to be married without both of us knowing the Father and having fellowship with him and walking in his light. Why? Because the Bible says now we can have fellowship one with another. And oh, how sweet it is Mm -hmm. when there's fellowship correctly. Mm -hmm. If we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We understand that when we got born again, we asked him to become Lord of our life. We confessed our sin to the Father, and he came and cleansed us. He made us new. The Bible says old things have been passed away, meaning anything you did wrong before that, according to God, it's forgotten. It's gone. It's wiped away. You're clean. But then there's this idea as Christians that we have to continue in the light. Continue practicing the truth. Mm -hmm. Continue walking in the things of God. And not just continue by showing up on Sunday, but continue by growing, by learning, by taking in more of the things of God. I know more about God now than I did when I was saved at 18 years old. And that's the way it should be. We should constantly be growing. We never stop doing this. We never stop conforming to the image of Christ. We never stop uh, uh, pressing to be more like him, walking in more of his light. Verse 8 says this, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Does that mean we have to walk around saying we're sinners? No, actually it doesn't. Because the moment you receive Jesus... The Bible says you were made new. Old yeah. things were passed away. Amen. But to think that you are, because you're a Christian now, because you got saved, whether it was last week or 50 years ago, to think that you are above missing it, that you in yourself could never say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, be unlovely, You know, that you could never sin? That's ridiculous. And you're deceiving yourself to think that. You really are. You're deceiving yourself. But it doesn't mean we walk around thinking, oh, I'm such a worm, I'm so so terrible, I'm so unworthy. No, no, no. Jesus made you worthy. Glory to God. And he expects us to walk in the light. And it's possible to go for weeks and months without having to make major changes without major sin is possible. And that is our goal. That is our goal. But it says in verse uh, verse 9, well, it says, verse 8, we deceive ourselves, the truth is not in us. Verse 9 says this, if we confess our sins, what's that? Just going against God. When we, we did something that what we knew we weren't supposed to do, Whatever it is, 
we said something wrong, if we did something wrong, and, and, and we're immediately, the Holy Spirit on the inside is going to help us realize, ah, that, that wasn't right. If we confess our sins, 1 John 1, 9, you should have it underlined in your Bible if you don't already. If we confess our sins, God, He is faithful and just to what? Forgive. Oh, forgive. Amen. Glory to God. Forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, don't let that word unrighteousness or righteousness uh it's a, it's a big word, but it just means you're right with God. Yes. When you're in righteousness, you're right with God. Amen. If you're walking in unrighteousness, it means you're not right with God. Something has blocked you yes. from the full flow of God. Does it, when you sin, does it mean God leaves your body and he's, he's not part of you? No, 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 no. He still lives on the inside of you, but sin blocks the flow of God in your life. It blocks his ability. It blocks his power. It blocks his grace. Amen. And like we just said, I can't afford any blockages. Right. Amen. And so, praise God, we have 1 John 1, 9, meaning the moment I know that I've done something wrong, and the reason I like that the Bible talks about how uh, that conviction power, that, that, that moment where the Spirit helps us realize we've done something wrong, the reason I like that it says it stings or it cuts is because the moment that happens in your flesh, your actual body, you know it. Meaning that there's no secret sins, which is a, this phrase that gets thrown around in the religious world sometimes, and it keeps people from the full flow of power in, in their life. Meaning the enemy will try to convince somebody, well, the reason God's not working in your life and you're not seeing results is because you have secret sins, things you don't even know you've done that are holding God's power back. Mm -hmm. And you'll find those people constantly trying to repent, meaning constantly saying, God, I'm so sorry. Please forgive me for things that I don't even know I've done. That's not what the Bible shows. When we saw in Acts chapter 2, when Peter preached the gospel, it says immediately they were cut to the heart. Yeah, they knew it. They knew it. And let me tell you, if you stay sensitive to the things of God, to your spirit on the inside of you, if you stay sensitive, the moment you start going the wrong direction, something on the inside of you is going, uh, uh, uh. right? So, in order to guard our heart, in order to make sure there's full flow mm -hmm. in our heart, the moment we sense that cut, that sting, that X, mm -hmm. we should do something. First John 1, 9. The Bible calls this repentance, where we change. Mm -hmm. We change. We might say, 
We might immediately apologize if it's something we're doing with somebody else. We might say, I, I, excuse me, I'm so sorry. I did not mean to say that. I did not mean to do that. But then we need to go get with God. And we need to say, Father, that wasn't right what I did. And I'm going to confess. Now, confess is a great word. It's not a bad word. We use confess to confess our sins. We actually confess by confessing the word of God when we were walking in faith. We'll we'll say good confessions. That's what we're talking about when we were talking about uh, when gas is high. (laughs) I have a supply. supply. That's a good confession right right there. Confess. It's two, two Greek words, homo and logeo. Am I saying that right? Logeo. Homo. What does that mean? Same. same. We know that one. <laughs> homo means same. Logeo means to speak. speak to speak. To speak the, to speak the same. Yeah. To speak the same as God. Yes. Yeah. To speak the way he tells us what the word says. That's why we say, when gas is high, I have a supply. Why? The word says, he will supply all my need according to his That's riches right. in glory by Christ Jesus. So we're speaking the same as God mm-hmm. in the midst of uh, unremarkable circumstances or remarkable, depending on how you look at it. To confess means... We're changing our attitude about what we... I I used to let somebody have it and not think anything of it. Right? Or whatever it is, you know? And and you say, but now that God lives in me, I need to change what I used to do and conform it to what God says I should do. And so I'm going to confess, Father, I, I sinned. I did what, uh, something against what you would have me to do. Yeah. I'm here to repent. I'm here to change. Mm-hmm. Amen. I'm here to change. Now, repentance, depending on what the issue is, it can come with some tears, yeah. some sorrow, so, so, and, and, and true repentance, you're, you're going to not feel great about what you just did. Why? Because you went against God. Mm-hmm. But when we come before him and tell him, we're, we're gonna cha- I'm going to change. With your help, with your grace, with your full flow and ability in my life, I'm going to have your power to not do that again. I'm going to have your help to not walk that direction again. And so I thank you that now that I've changed, my heart has changed, my, my, I'm changing my mind. I'm not going to think the way I used to think. I'm going to speak and say what you say I am. He's faithful. At that moment, he's faithful and just to forgive. 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 Thank you, Lord. It goes away. It's just as if you've never done it. Now, you might have to, after you get right with God, 
we would say, repent to God. You might have to repent to the person you were just ugly to. That's not a bad thing. That will open up full flow and you'll have full fellowship, yeah. one with another. This is part of guarding our heart. Mm -hmm. So that we guard our heart above all else for out of our heart flow the issues of life. Mm -hmm. Remember what the Passion Translation said? It said that out of our heart, uh, oh gosh, I have it written down here. <laughs> Sorry. It determines, our heart determines the course of our life. Any sin, anything against what we know God has told us to do provides or puts up barriers to that flow, to that course of life. He gave us 1 John 1, 9. Mm -hmm. When you're cut to the heart, just like they said to Peter, brothers, what, what do we do? He said, repent. This is not hard, but it's humbling. Mm -hmm. Meaning you have to put your pride aside. But that's okay. God resists the proud. Yeah. You don't want to have pride in your life anyway. Yeah. Repentance simply means make a change. There's going to be big times where we have to repent, like the moment we got born again. There might be big mistakes, and it might bring tears and sorrow when we come before God and say, God, I don't, I don't ever want to do that again. I'm, I'm sorry. But then there's other types of repentance where every day we're just making adjustments to what God has asked us to do. That's right. Give $20 and you don't give. Block. Mm. What do you do? You repent. Father, I'm sorry, I'm, I missed that. I missed that and yes. I don't want to miss it. Mm -hmm. I want full flow, full fellowship with him and with my brethren. And so you just repent. You make the change. Yeah. This is a key to keeping our heart free. Mm -hmm. Now, I know I've gone long, but let me finish with this. This week I've been watching a silly cooking show. It's a competition with chocolate. They're, they're competing to make fancy desserts and things. And the other day I was watching and they had to, it was an oozing challenge, meaning they had a, a cylinder of, of chocolate and inside was some kind of cream. Think of a Cadbury egg, mm -hmm. right? It's almost Easter. A Cadbury egg, what you break that open in and the cream filling oozes out, right? Some of those guys made the chocolate so thick that even though they had a good cream on the inside, they couldn't get to it. He's hit, you know, you're supposed to be able to tap it with a spoon and something oozes out. Sin makes the barrier between you and the good cream of God. We won't call it ooze. Sin blocks that and makes that so thick that it can't penetrate your life. 1 John 1, 9 takes yes. it away. Amen. 
It takes it away. Immediately, it takes it away. And then instantly, the power of God and the life of God can flow free in your body, in your mind, everywhere. Why don't you stand to your feet this morning? Glory to God. Repentance, it's a great thing. It's a tool in your belt to stay close to God, to allow the life of God to permeate and flow everywhere you need it to go. We want this in our lives. We want to be able, anytime we sense we've been stung by by that, we want to be able to get on our knees and say, Father, I repent. I confess to you my wrongdoing, and I say from now on, I agree with your word. I do your word. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Why don't we just raise our hands this morning and thank him, Father. We're so grateful for your goodness, for your mercy. We're so thankful that you've provided for us the blood. Hallelujah. We're so thankful that you've made us righteous. And we thank you for your grace, for your help to walk in your ways wholeheartedly with a full flow. We're so grateful for it, Father. We love you today. We're going to do right. We're going to say right. Because we want all of you in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You're dismissed.